Yeah! Hello and welcome. Bike! Welcome in. Week 10 game by game recap. Doing this far, far later into the evening, into the witching hour than we typically do. We took a weekend trip to Penn State to cover the game versus Maryland. It was uh, an absolutely unbelievable weekend with the BDG team. We dominated the campus. I'll tell you what, man. YouTube makes us money. TikTok made us fucking famous around these fucking college kids. Uh, it was awesome. It was it was really, really fun. Um, thus, we got home last night, and then today's just been kind of like a catch-up recovery day, so we kicked it off. Late tonight. You looking mad goofy today, my boy. I don't even know what that fucking mean. I look good as hell. I'm glassesed up. I'm fucking tucked in and shit. It's cold out here, man. <sighs> Whatever. We're going to go game by game. Every single week, 10 game. Talk about the biggest takeaway fantasy-wise for it. But because Mojo sent us to the game and because I love Mojo and because I love you guys, we're going to give away two of our BDG hats. Now, these are... Literally, I believe the last two we have on hand, and we might not have these on hand again for like another two months, depending on when I feel like fucking buying them. But for right now, this is all we got left, and we're giving them away for free to two people that download the Mojo app, okay? It is completely free to download the Mojo app. You do not have to pay anything. You don't got to pay anything to enter this giveaway. Go to the App Store if you're on iOS and download Mojo. It is the first link in the description down below, okay? That link will help them let let them know that we sent you, okay? So please use the first link in the description. Go download the Mojo app absolutely free, absolutely free, okay? Go download it. Go play around with it. You can only actually play. Mojo is the, is the sports stock market. It's fucking awesome. If you're in New Jersey, you can actually play with it and use real money, and you could have put a lot of money in the beginning of the season on a dude like Geno Smith or a dude like Damian Pierce or one of those players, and you would have made a lot of money. You could also short players and do everything in between. Available in NJ, but you could download it anywhere, and you can browse prices and look at all the historical data for every single player, no matter where you are, as long as you are on iOS. So go download the Mojo app. Use it. You must use the link down below. If you don't use the link down below, you're not entered into the giveaway that's all you got to do go hit mojo download it with the link and you will be entered into winning one of these two hats let's talk some foosball baby let's talk about a game called foosball and we will start with the germany game what a weird location for a game they wanted to i you know what it was they probably really care about germany and they wanted to send the goat over there um they sent tom brady on his way out of Germany, he probably must have been fucking pissed. But he came away with the dub. Biggest takeaway from Seattle side of things is that we're starting to see Kenneth Walker get involved in the receiving game. Didn't get much going through the ground. Metcalf, Lockett, both good players. Geno Smith still balling. Kenneth Walker, 6 for 55 on 8 targets through the air. If this dude starts to get more work through the air, mm, he, he could end up being the number one fantasy running back overall over the second half of the season. Tampa Bay's run defense, their overall defense is, is, is something to behold right now. They're starting to get their players back a little healthy. Um, they look damn good. On the flip side of things, the biggest takeaway here, Julio, for one, looked like peak Julio on that touchdown catch. That was crazy. That was, um, that was something else. 
You love to see that out of Julio. So he's he's for sure a waiver wire pickup this week if he's sitting there because he looked pretty damn good. The other big takeaway is Leonard Fournette gets hurt. They have a bye next week. He's expected to be healthy for the game after that. Rashad White did get the start, but it's one of those starts that's not really anything besides a headline reader because Fournette ended up having more work than he did before he got injured. But Uncle Lenny looked like he's been eating too much, man. He looked like he's he just doesn't really have the explosiveness. He started off the year real, real good, but he's just looked terrible since then, man. And Rashad White looks better. 22 carries in this game. Uh, wasn't involved at all in the passing game, which is weird because he is a very, very strong pass catcher. But you got to think he will into, eat into that part of the game. And I think there's a real chance that this is when the backfield starts to um, kind of collide. And we're going to see a near 50-50 split between the two of them. Lenny just doesn't look good. Rashad White looks great. Um, so obviously, if he's available, you pick his ass up. Let's move over. Yo, this was like the game of the day, the game of the week, the game of the year, the game of the possibly the century. This was just so fucking beautiful that I had no other choice but to use Stefan Diggs and Justin Jefferson in the thumbnail. This was one of those games. I wish, I wish, you know how like two great basketball players go at it and like they're going back and forth. I wish there was a way that like Diggs could have played cornerback on Justin Jefferson and Jefferson could have played cornerback on Diggs, you know, and they both would have been as good as like real NFL quarterbacks and them just being fucking clashing against each other all week. That would have been awesome. We can only get one half of each of those players, you know, but at least one of them was on the field at all times, pretty much. Justin Jefferson, 10 for 193 in a touchdown, averaging the single most yards per game of any wide receiver up to this point in his career. Stefan Diggs, 12 for 128 on 16 targets. Both of them walk away with 16 targets. Just insanity. Uh, Dalvin Cook, if you read the box score, he looks great, 14 for 119 in a tugger, but he had that 81-yard touchdown i like rewatched the entire game this morning because i mean it's the most rewatchable game possibly ever but cook does not look great cook doesn't look good yes that that run looked fantastic sure and it looks like he's got some explosiveness back but cook's like i don't know man it, it, it looks like there's just a little little bit of juice missing there and it's hard to say he's like a trade target but i feel like you could probably trade very high on dalvin cook right now and I might, I might consider it. I might look for like a two for one piece if I need a little depth for the playoffs. You know, I might maybe hold out for like some Jamar Chase injury news and flip Cook for uh, Jamar Chase and a Rashad White. Maybe that's selling a little bit too low, but y'all get the point. With Dalvin Cook, I just, I, I don't know, man. It, it doesn't feel like he's really getting home right now. He's putting up the points, but I test says a little bit differently. On the other side of things, uh, oh no, same side still. But TJ Hawkinson another ten targets. Clear tight end one. Um, those are the, the really the only takeaways I have from this game, other than it was fucking awesome. Josh Allen, elbow injury. I mean, if it hampered him, it wasn't really noticeable, but he's he's gonna put up elite fantasy numbers regardless of what the fuck body part is ailing on his on his body. It don't matter. Lions, Chicago. Let's talk about the Lions. Biggest takeaway again is that DeAndre Swift continues to be unplayable. It's it just so glaringly obvious that he's really hurt. Like you don't give Justin Jackson as many touches as DeAndre Swift if he's not significantly hurt. So you keep him out of your lineup. You keep starting Jamal Williams. You keep starting Amon Ross St. Brown, and that is all. Amon Ross got a little bit banged up. I think he's fine, though. On the flip side, two takeaways here. Actually, probably three takeaways here. Fields 
continues to be goaded. Like he's he's putting up Lamar Jackson in his peak type numbers, man, and you love to see it. Khalil Herbert left with a with a hip injury, so if he's out, the backfield again will be monopolized by David Montgomery. Demont's really kind of unusable outside of them shoving you know twenty carries a game into his stomach, and we're not seeing that unless Khalil Herbert is hurt, and he's hurt right now, so. We'll see where it goes. Um, so keep a close eye on that. But Demont will be startable again, thankfully, for people that own him. Cole Komet is uh, right now the tight end one over the last three weeks of the season. Obviously, Mark Andrews been banged up. Kelsey's got the bye and all that kind of shit. But Komet is, uh, has been serious, man. Komet, Komet has been a player that's making plays after the catch, involved in the red zone. So it's kind of off him. I, I thought like the last couple of weeks have been a little bit fluky, but he's he's definitely a dude to target on the waiver wire if he's available there. And he's probably a dude that you should continue to play. I'm curious to see how Justin Fields performs when he's not playing against these really, 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 really shitty pass defenses um, and just defenses overall because it's been Lions, Dolphins, Cowboys was obviously a good defense. But last couple games since Justin Fields has started exploding, it has been against shitty defenses. But they play the Falcons next, so ain't shit stopping him there. Broncos, Tennessee. Biggest takeaway from the Broncos side of things is Jerry Judy also banged up in this one. If he is out, we can have a lot of confidence in Cortland Sutton repping the fucking devil's numbers over here. Six four sixty six on 11 targets. If he's out, that's when Cortland Sutton kind of goes bonkers. Nothing else you can really take away from this game other than the running back situation is disgusting. Melvin Gordon, seven carries. Latavius Murray, nine. Chase Edmonds, two. None of them do a goddamn thing. Melvin Gordon, a little bit involved in the passing game. That's like the one takeaway that you could actually kind of like put into your lineups and feel okay about. But other than that, they're all fucking do-sprit. Uh, Titan side of things. I mean, you could say the takeaway here is Nick Westbrook Akini, but I'm 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 good here. I'm good here. That's a flash in the pan. That is absolute fool's gold. Eight targets, five catches, 119 yards, two touchdowns. I get it. Nick Westbrook Akini's has had some flashes so far in his career, but I'm not uh I'm not here to hype him up. NWI, not happening here. Jacksonville takeaway. I've heard I heard some crazy stats about Jacksonville. Um. And I can't even remember what the fuck they were. But oh, Jacksonville won the turnover battle by like three. Jacksonville, I, I can't remember. Josh Norris was, or maybe Hayden Wings, one of them on the Underdog podcast was naming like three things that like, it was almost like a 98% hit rate on winning games. The three stats that they had for him. And they still ended up holding a fucking L on the, on the game. Trevor Lawrence played well again. Travis Etienne had his first like bus game of the year. Christian Kirk. Huge, huge game. 12 targets, 9 catches, 105, 2 touchdowns. Again, he's one of those guys that you just you should have just continued to throw into your lineup week after week after week because he's a good player. We're never going to have that straight, continuous production um, from really any player in fantasy. So Kirk will always be a top 15, top 20 player, and you start him as such. Zay Jones has been pretty damn consistent, too. Walks away with 10 targets, so good to see from him. But, you know, you're back on Travis Etienne next week, no doubt about it. On the flip side of things, we have a few takeaways here. We might be on KC for a fucking minute, all right? So stop. start your stopwatches. Give me like six minutes here. First up, Mahomes, Savage. Backfield. This was something that we had spoken about a lot last week. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You could see his chart on Mojo took a drastic dip, down 7.29%. That's what you call a bad investment, all right? We're not giving out financial advice. We're just giving out good advice, and good advice would be to get the fuck out from underneath Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. This was my concern because right before the bye week, they talked about how Isaiah Pacheco was going to be the starter. Isaiah Pacheco uh, Pacheco was going to get more work, 
and start to be involved more in the offense. So they had one game in which he got a little bit more work, and then they had the bye week. So that plan that they had midway through the game two weeks ago felt like it was for sure going to be installed throughout the bye week, and they did that. You can see on the box score, Isaiah Pacheco, 16 for 82. He did lose a fumble, but other than that, has looked pretty much better than any KC running back has at any point throughout the year in this game. He was uh, a really good early down worker. Clyde Edwards-Lair did not have a single carry in this game. That should pretty much tell you how they feel about him right now. Patrick Mahomes gets it done on the ground. The other dude is getting it done on the ground, Kadarius Toney. Kadarius Fukin Tony. You see his price goes up 11.67%. His shit has just been rising and rising and rising ever since they hit that trade. Okay, he moves over to KC, magically healthy. Now he's magically fucking delicious on your fantasy team. Because Juju got absolutely handicapped in this game. He's probably going to miss next week. If he does miss time, uh, Kadarius Tony clearly going to be more involved in this offense. Five targets, four catches, 57 yards, and a touchdown. Also adds 33 yards on the ground. I cannot wait to see how they continue to get this dude involved on the goal line. There are no more creative packages on planet fucking Earth than what Andy Reid dials up for the random players. And there's no one that moves better in a fucking phone box, in a phone booth, sorry, in a phone booth, which is basically what the goal line is on the NFL field, than this dude Kadarius Tony. I think he's going to rip off a multi-touchdown game soon because they're going to use him on the goal line instead of using running backs. Kelsey eats, Tony eats, MVS. I thought MVS got hurt in this one. I guess not. Three for 60 and a touchdown. But yeah, Juju Smith-Schuster leaves. Jarek McKinnon. So the the one thing I will say about the backfield right now is it's very clearly a two-man split. Pacheco getting the early down work. Hopefully some goal line work. But Jarek McKinnon is the passing down back. Jarek McKinnon is the dude that comes in on third and long. He is the dude that comes in on third down overall. He's the dude that comes in in passing situations. So it's a split between those two right now. Hard to say who really you know, comes up with the long or short end of the stick on a weekly basis because they don't typically use their running backs that much by the goal line. So it's like it's nice for Pacheco to have the early down role, but does he have the goal line role? Um, if he's dropped, you obviously want to pick him up because you'd like the starting running back in the Chiefs offense. And if Tony is available, man, you go hit that motherfucker. You go invest in him on Mojo ASAP. Again, for those of y'all that are new to the stream, we're doing a brand new giveaway of these hats. Thanks to Mojo. Go download the app right now. If you have iOS in the app store, just go download it for free. You have to use the link below in the description. That'll take you straight to the app store to download it. And you can go browse. You can't use it unless you're in Jersey, but you can you can browse it now. We'll be coming to your state eventually, and you will be entered to win one of these crispy-ass white gold rope BDG hats that we only have two left in the office and you'll never see again. Let's, uh, you know what, actually, let's continue talking about the KC because there are other takeaways. If there are more injuries, Justin Watson is playing a lot as a wide receiver. He split snaps with uh, Tony as the wide receiver, too. Uh, Sky Moore, you'd love to say, will get more involved, but he's just not really playing, man. And, and you hate to see it. He was a guy that I really, really liked in the preseason. But let's keep an eye on injury reports. Let's keep an eye on what we want to be doing with Justin Watson and Sky Moore throughout the rest of the week. We will have our waiver wire episode up tomorrow, probably around noonish as well as our waiver wire rankings on our website, bdge.co. Cleveland and Miami. Um, biggest takeaways here that is that DPJ is really, really, really consistent right now. He's gone over 50 receiving yards in like six straight games, 70 receiving yards in four of the last five. He can legitimately be started with Jacoby Brissett every single week. 
Uh, no other real takeaways here. On the flip side of the things, man, Tua keeps absolutely searing opponents. He's another dude that I am interested to see how he backs up what he's been doing against a good offense or against a good defense. Sorry. So he's played the Steelers. He's played the Lions. He's played the Bears. He's played the Browns. All really, really bottom part defenses at the moment. He gets the Texans next week. So we should be expecting a massive game. I believe he's the second highest odds on favorite right now for MVP, like plus 400. Then he gets the 49ers. So I'm very intrigued to see how he finishes down the stretch because you got at 49ers, at Buffalo, you're playing uh, the Packers, you're playing at New England again, So and then the Jets. So you've got some like real opponents that he's got to play against. But for right now, you're obviously playing two every week, you're playing Waddle every week, you're playing Tyreek Hill every single week. The backfield shakes up how we thought it would. Wilson, 17 for 119 and a tug. Raheem Mostert plays well, but against good defenses, you're probably not going to be able to play both of them. For now, Mostert can be used as a flex, but Jeff Wilson is just a high-end RB2 in an offense that's rolling. He's, again, involved in the passing game, five targets. Uh, just just really, Jeff Wilson, man. Shout out, shout out to Jeffy Dub. Texans, Giants. I don't want to say a goddamn thing about the Texans other than Damian Pierce, bro. Go. Giants, Saquon Barkley, 35 fucking carries, man. 35 carries. That's an insane box score. 152 yards, one touchdown. Only catches one ball, but they get the dub. Giants continue to roll. They've got an easy schedule going forward. They really might be 8-2, and 9-2, and 10-3, 10 and some shit like that. They might lock up a playoff bid like second or third team in the NFL to do it. Um, as long as they continue to run through Saquon, which I don't see a fucking reason why they wouldn't, they'll continue winning games. Receiving-wise, uh, Darius Slayton's been like low-key pretty good, but it is really hard to depend on volume of like four targets. He's a playmaker down the field. It took him forever to fucking figure it out, but he's been playing like pretty consistently. He's just, you know, during bye weeks and stuff, I think he's a dude you can get into your flex play. Um, I want to say... They play the Lions. Yep, they play the Lions next week. So very, very startable matchup for – nope, that's not what we wanted to do. Very startable matchup for Daniel Jones, for Saquon, and I think you can start Darius Slayton against the Lions. Saints versus Steelers. Uh, this was absolutely a fucking complete mess. Terrible game for Andy Dalton, who now they may be benching again for Jameis Winston. I hope they do it. Um I mean, I want to say not for Alvin Kamara's sake, who had a terrible game, 8 for 26 on the ground, 3 for 19 through the air. So just, just a dud game. But you could see the effect of the Pittsburgh defense has, obviously, when T.J. Watt is back. It was his first game back from, I want to say, tearing his um, – or not tearing his uh, – some collarbone injury. I forget what happened in the beginning of the year, but he was out, obviously, since week one. And their defense just looks a million times better. They get way more pressure. They just, everything runs smoother. You, you, you take more pressure off the other parts of the defensive line when he's on the field. Um, so Steelers defense is obviously not one to just look at like season long stats for anymore and be like, they're terrible. They had been terrible, but with TJ Watt back there, he is a team transformer. So Kamara, listen, I know he's got a couple bad games in a row, but he's, he's a dude you get into your lineup regardless of who's under center. Same thing with Chris Olave, down game. Missed a couple long shots down the field that would have padded his stats a lot more. Jawan Johnson, I believe, has four touchdowns in his last four games. So he's also a dude, even with Troutman active,
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. He's getting a lot of targets who scores. a. He's very, very involved in the red zone. And he is someone that I think you could start in your tight end spot um, kind of weekly going forward. On the flip side, a lot to take away here, especially from the backfield. Najee Harris had his best rushing game, I guess. Uh, 20 for 99. Problem with Najee Harris is he's literally just a zero in the receiving game at this point. I want to say, let me bring up his stats. Yeah, he's got one game over 26 yards, two games over 16 yards. His individual receiving workload games of three, five, zero, seven, zero, two catches, zero catches, two catches, zero catches. Um, just, just no explosiveness, just nothing going on for Najee Harris. He did get a goal line score taken away by Georgie Pickens. So Pickens gets two carries for 23 yards and a touchdown. Also catches three or four targets for 32 yards. So that's not really like the type of stats you want to see for hopefully someone that could become an alpha wide receiver. But for Harris, man, it's he's like a he's like a, a high end flex play, I guess, at this point, because I mean, he's getting 20 touches. So you can't really sit someone who's going to get 20 touches on a team that's probably going to improve over the bye week. But Jalen Warren, nine touches, 37 yards. And more importantly, like really involved in the receiving game, three targets, three catches, 40 yards. He's extremely explosive. It's so fucking obvious to the naked eye. Um, So Warren is a dude. He's not going to get a lot of scoring opportunities, which is the problem. So he needs to be really efficient on limited touches. I don't know if I really feel too comfortable with him in my flex play right this moment. But if you're desperate, sure. Uh, Deontay Johnson, kind of a disappointing game for the most part. Um, Yeah. Colts Raiders. So Matt Ryan gets a start, and since we were on the road, I, I didn't know this, and I had Sam Ellinger playing, I believe, in the bash for me, which is a huge fucking L. Jonathan Taylor looked bite. 
Rips off a 66-yard touchdown run. 22 carries, 147 yards, touchdown. Catches both of his targets for 16 yards. That's a sexy look. So if you if you drafted him um, number one overall, then you still feel like a fucking dickhead. But your team probably won this week. And just good to see him healthy, man. Just good to see that he has a little bit of that explosiveness left. It's good to see that he has something going on here. Um, so you feel a lot more confident going forward with him every single week. Another funny stat I heard, Matt Ryan ripped off a 39-yard touchdown run in this one. That 39-yard touchdown run, not only was it the longest run of his career, he has never had a single game in his 15 years in which he's had 39 rushing yards. That one run was longer than any single career game of Matt Ryan's in the rushing department. Isn't that fucking crazy? It's not crazy at all. It's crazy that he was a it's the fucking Las Vegas Raiders defense should be arrested. They should all be thrown in jail for allowing Matt Ryan to run for 39 yards on you. I feel like Matt Ryan's 40 yard time at this age is probably double whatever. Like you, the the Raiders defense must have not been trying. Their 40 yard times are half the speed of Matt Ryan's and let you and you let him run for 40 yards. It makes mathematically it makes no not a fucking ounce of sense. But whatever. Paris Campbell, nine targets. He is this dude is really, really good with Matt Ryan. Like anytime Matt Ryan's been on the field, Paris Campbell has been producing at a high level. Nine targets, seven catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown. I feel pretty good about having Campbell in a flex spot in my lineup as long as Matt Ryan is a starter, which he obviously will be going forward now that Jeff Saturday is a coach. Um, I feel like he probably always knew that he was going to go back to Matt Ryan, but we didn't learn it till later in the day. Michael Pittman, another disappointing performance. Not bad in full PPR. Nine targets, seven catch, 53 yards, but I think we'll see better days ahead for Pittman now that Matt Ryan's back under center. Uh, for Las Vegas, nothing really to take away here. Josh Jacobs has a big day. Um, everybody else kind of stinks outside of Devontae Adams. Foster Moreau finally has a touchdown catch, uh, three for 43 and a touchdown. Darren Waller is now on the IR, so I think you could do worse than streaming Foster Moreau. If he's available in your league, I started him in one spot, and he came in with a big big dub for me there but um he's also been wildly underperforming since darren waller has been out so i'm not overly excited about him but he's definitely a streaming option cowboys packers this was a really fucking good game too this was awesome they were uh they were going back and forth in this one um we finally had the explosion game out of cd lamb that we've kind of been looking for like his borderline his whole career 11 catches 150 yards two touchdowns and 15 targets uh michael gallup just continues to disappoint. But Dalton Schultz has been really, really good since Dak has come back. Um, eight targets, six catches, 54 yards, and a touchdown. So you're basically getting the Dalton Schultz now that you have uh, or that you invested in earlier on in the draft season. Like in the summer when Schultz was a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick, this is what you were expecting. And over the last three weeks, he's finished as a very, very good option in fantasy. So you keep letting him rip um, in the backfield. Zeke did not play in this one. So Tony Pollard, again, did what Tony Pollard does. 22 carries, 115, one touchdown. It's incredible how good he looks. It's incredible how much better than Zeke he looks. Um, so we'll see what happens when Zeke comes back. Maybe they just continue to let Tony Pollard rip because he's doing such a fucking good job that it doesn't make a lot of sense to have Zeke back here just siphoning 3.6-yard carries away. So uh, keep an eye on it. Obviously, if Zeke is back, then I expect Tony Pollard to split work with him. But on the flip side, AJ Dillon should probably stop splitting work with Aaron Jones. That's not fair. I guess he averaged five yards per carry, but the difference between the two is just absolutely staggering. Um, Aaron Jones, 24 for 138 and a touchdown. Catches both of his targets for 18 yards. 
So, you know, coming off the ankle injury, obviously no concern going forward with him. You continue to start him as an RB1. Dylan continues to be pretty much unstartable because he's not getting goal line scores. He is not getting uh, any catches right now. So he is, I mean, listen, if you need to drop him, I'm, I'm not opposed to it again. He's just someone that I'd rather hold on to in case something does happen. Aaron Jones, he re-aggravates the ankle or something. Then Dylan monopolizes the bike field. The biggest fucking takeaway here, of course, is Christian Watson, the rookie, eight targets, four catches, 107 yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, just an insane game for Christian Watson. We talked about this many times last week. If you watched pretty much any of the individual videos that I made last week, I was emphatic about stashing Christian Watson. Uh, it was something I talked about earlier in the year. He is clearly and wildly the only real deep threat speed receiver that Rodgers has on the team. Um, Romeo Dobbs obviously out for this one. He's out with a high ankle sprain. He'll miss more time. Randall Cobb might come back next week. I thought he was going to be out for longer, but, but I don't think Randall Cobb's going to do a fucking thing to Christian Watson. Christian Watson is so talented downfield, man. He is even if he's not a good all around wide receiver, it's very clear that if Aaron Rodgers takes shots and he's like a man, listen, he's he's like a he's like a man that has been in prison. He's pent up and he needs to release. And finally, Christian Watson is Christian Watson is Aaron Rodgers' strip club right now. Christian Watson is Aaron Rodgers' um hooker. I don't know how else to put it. And Christian Watson is a dude who's getting downfield and Aaron Rodgers can just uncork. I don't think he cares if he catches it. I just think Aaron Rodgers wants to chuck his fucking arm off and Watson happens to get under it. He had a, a very up and down game, but it's very clear that the two of them can make beautiful babies together and can have great chemistry together when given the time. Because Christian Watson has spent a lot of time off the field between the concussions and the hamstring injuries but this dude is just explosive on another level. Like, do not forget what this dude did at the combine. A four three six forty at six four two zero eight. Just elite athleticism on every fucking metric. Yes, the best comparable to Denzel Mims does not look pretty right now. It's because he was a guy that came out late. He broke out a little bit late, but we just saw what he could do on an NFL field. And he is someone that Rodgers is going to continue building more and more trust with. So probably available on your waiver wire, and he will be the number one pickup in week 11 in tomorrow's video. Cardinals versus Rams. Colt McCoy doing his thing. Eno Benjamin, I believe, got cut a couple hours ago. Do we have any updates on that? He, he, he must have done some shit off the field. Also, make sure you're following me on Twitter at Nick Ercolano. That's so odd, bro. Why are they releasing him? Rams should consider claiming Eno Benjamin. Yeah, a lot of teams honestly should consider fucking claiming Eno Benjamin. Whatever. Uh, James Conner, obviously the guy. 20 for 69 and two touchdowns. This is something I was talking about in the live stream on Saturday, too. It's like James Conner not efficient against the Rams, but always this is... Uh, I want to say he has scored two rushing touchdowns in four of the last five games against the Rams. It's just a weird thing that happens. And Connor is, uh, is, is bell cow right now. Bell fucking cow. Bell counters. James bell counters. I'm going to shut the fuck up. 
Uh, D-Hop, 14 targets. Rondell Moore, 13 targets. These two are every week starters. I guess it doesn't actually matter who is under center, um, especially now that Zach Ertz is hurt. So Zach Ertz is, oh, they said he was out for the year, which is devastating to one of my dynasty teams because I really fucking needed him. Trey McBride, the rookie, will step in. He played almost every snap after Zach Ertz left the game. One catch on one target, seven yards. So didn't have a lot of production, but he will be running a ton of routes. So again, if you are really desperate, if you're in a tight end premium, if you're in a two tight end starting league, rookie Trey McBride was the first tight end picked in the draft this year. He's a very athletic player. Um, He was a very good player in college. He is someone that we should keep an eye on and should probably be owned in deeper leagues because he will step right in for Zach Ertz. But these two, DeAndre Hopkins and Ronald Moore, are going to see an insane. I mean, they got 27 of the 37 targets. It's insane. Uh, on the Los Angeles side of things, no Matt Stafford concussion. So we had John Walford, who unsurprisingly didn't play well. The backfield, no one in the backfield, surprising, unsurprisingly, or surprisingly, I don't know how I set that fucking statement up. No one played well in the fucking backfield for LA. They all stink. It was Kyron Williams' first game back, and while he didn't get any play on the ground, just a single carry, he did catch three passes. Okay, so that led the backfield. Cam Akers had one target. They're all understand one target. Kyra Williams had three targets, caught all three of them for 30 yards. So it's possible he continues to eat into this workload more and more. It's possible that he um, takes a little bit more of the rushing workload because Cam Akers averaged 3.7 in this one drink. Darrell Henderson averaged 3.5, did get the score. So I guess that saved fantasy days a little bit, but you're, you can definitely cut Cam Akers. I'd probably hold on to Darrell Henderson, and I would probably pick up Kyron Williams. Good to see a little bounce bike for Tyler Higby. Uh, the other big news, of course, is that Cooper Cup is going to be sidelined for a bit with a pretty serious ankle injury. I don't know if that's just a multi-week low ankle sprain, a four- to six-week high ankle sprain. Doesn't sound overly optimistic, so I would be prepared to be without him for a while. What's that do for Allen Robinson? I mean, it makes him playable. It looks like Tyler Higby is going to get siphoned a lot of those targets, but Robinson will be the one who's running a ton of fucking routes. It does put Van Jefferson in play. It puts Ben Skoranek in play. Um, I'm not going to try to get too cute here and act like this is now an over fucking bearing awesome pickup here by any of these guys because none of them have really proven to be good NFL players up to this point or at least this season. So you can trickle some fab dollars across these three guys and kind of hope that you get the one that hits. They play... The Saints next, which is a middle-of-the-pack defense at this point. The Chiefs after that, the Seahawks, the Raiders. So nothing really to be too concerned about in the passing game. Hopefully they'll have Matt Stafford back. And, um, yeah, that's it. I I wouldn't be overly crazy about picking those dudes up, even if Cooper Cup is out for a long period of time. L.A. and San Fran. So the Chargers, man, we were asking ourselves, is is Justin Herbert sittable all week? And uh, it turns out that we were right in questioning the uh, every-week start of Herbert, man. It's just... It sucks that it's kind of like a waste of a season statistically for him because we're fantasy people, right? But Mike Williams out, Keenan Allen out. It's like these guys, DeAndre Carter and Josh Palmer, get a lot of work. Austin Eckler obviously gets a lot of work. Uh, Gerald Everett did leave with a hip injury. So Trey McKitty filled in, saw six targets. He's another tight end to keep on uh, the waiver wire eyeball there. Um, you know, I guess Palmer and, and DeAndre Carter will kind of just flip games in terms of who's producing. Palmer, again, did get eight targets, though, so he doubled DeAndre Carter's target count. I think it was just happened to be, you know, what happened in this game. So Palmer's still like a low-end wide receiver, two in my eyes, as long as Williams and Keenan are out. DeAndre Carter can be uh, wide receiver three-ish, and that's really the only takeaway from L.A. On the flip side of things, the biggest takeaway, of course, is that Elijah Mitchell came by and out-carried Christian McCaffrey 18-14. 
Christian McCaffrey did get into the end zone. So he ended up with a pretty good fantasy day because he caught four of six targets for 39 yards. I'm still, I'm not panicking on Christian McCaffrey. I, I Elijah Mitchell's a really good player. I mean, we saw what he did last year. Um, and he had no problem just getting him right back into the lineup. 18 carries for 89 yards. Looked a lot better than McCaffrey did on the ground. Um, and there's a reason why he's putting him in there because of what he did last year. He's he's a really good player in this offensive scheme. That one cut ability is uh, deadly, right? And they got rid of Jeff Wilson. And they got rid of Raheem Mostert this offseason. And they don't have any other players I want to play, man. So Elijah Mitchell is definitely going to be a thing going forward. He's absolutely a waiver wire pickup if he's available for you. This is a backfield that will just score a lot of fantasy points altogether. But Chris McCaffrey is going to catch a ton of passes. Another six targets for him. I think that will easily be the norm going forward. So he'll be the goal line carry guy, most likely. He'll still get 12 to 15 carries on the ground. And uh, he'll be really involved in the passing game. This does look like it's going to take away from Debo. It looks like it's going to take away from Kittle a little bit. So Ayuk continues to be really consistent right now. And I, I've, I think the upside of all these receivers are probably just capped a little bit because they don't go pass heavy, because they have a couple good running backs now that they are going to rely on, and because Christian McCaffrey demands so many fucking targets in this offense. So not panicking. He's still an RB1. You're still starting him every week. But Elijah Mitchell does present... Another flex option for people, but a little bit of a problem for McCaffrey. And I want to say that's every single game, except for one, which is tonight's. We have Washington versus Philadelphia, and we were perusing some prize picks lines. And this is my favorite one right here. Logan Thomas over 17 and a half receiving yards. I don't really want anything to do with... um. Terry McLaurin with the Washington wide receivers because Philadelphia's cornerback duo, Slay, Bradbury, I think I have that right. I keep getting confused because these guys keep moving throughout um, the NFC East, but I believe it's Slay and Bradbury. I'm going to pull it up so I don't sound like a fucking asshole. Slay and Bradbury, yes, sir. Uh, They are like both top five, top eight ranked PFF cornerbacks in coverage. It is really hard to throw against them. But Logan Thomas is now fully back from his multi-week injury, and he's running every route. He's playing full-time. He's running as many routes as any tight end in the league right now, and I think it'll translate. Honestly, his two reception total on prize picks is really fucking low, and I'd love to hit that as well, but you can only use one play from each player on prize picks. I really like 17 and a half receiving yards. Philadelphia, obviously really tough pasty, but they're mediocre at covering tight ends. So I'm okay with this line. I'm okay with the two receptions for Logan Thomas as well. I think that's, that's probably a lock. Um, so go, go nail this on prize picks, please go absolutely fucking devour this line for dinner. The game starts tonight, obviously in like an hour and a half. So you might be a little bit late on this, but if you're watching the live stream, it's an easy play for you right now. If you're new to prize picks, if it's your first time on the app, one, you could use the link right down below. It'll take you straight to the app store to download it, but make sure you use promo code B D G E B D G E. And it'll get you a 100% deposit match. Okay. Whatever you throw down, 20, 50, 100, up to $100, it will double that into your account. So you can go fucking absolutely sear this up right here. Okay. Prizepicks.com, Prizepicks app, promo code BDGE. I also kind of like they they released um, this new gameplay where they put multiple players in a box. It's like two or three players, and 
All they have to do is score one touchdown combined. So there's one between Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. So A.J. Brown, obviously the alpha there. But if either of these two secondary pieces catches a touchdown against a team that can definitely be thrown on, um, you'll hit that box. You'll hit that square. So I like that one as well on the flip side of things. Okay? Let's go nail prize picks for tonight's game. And again, this will be the last time I tell you, I promise. Free giveaway. We've given away the last two BDGE hats in the office. We've got no more left in the HQ. All you have to do is go download the Mojo app using the link down below. It's the first link in the description. You must download it through that app. Once you do so, you're automatically entered. But once you do so, go peruse the app. Go look at the different numbers, the historical data, players that you'd want to invest in, players that you'd want to short. It's really fucking cool, and Mojo is going to blow up within the next year, two years. They are expanding into all these different states. You could play it if you're in New Jersey right now, but you could download it anywhere. All right? Go download Mojo. Enter the free giveaway for the hats. Thank you for joining me for the Week 10 recap. Sorry for getting this out late again. We had a, a very long weekend, long-ass trip. Signed up. Now send me my motherfucking hat. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, I'm gonna have to test that. I'm going to have to prove that, you know. I'm going to get in touch with your lawyer and your accountant to make sure and confirm. I don't trust you, Yonstein. Yer, yer. All right. I love you. I'm out of here. See you tomorrow. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.